Huey, Jasper, and Mitchell sat alone in the chill, damp stone corridor, waiting for Saga to return. Chloe turned to the boys with a huge smile. Okay, that was unbelievable. What do you mean, was? If you haven't noticed, we're still in an underground cavern with some sort of castle populated by talking animals who write fancy books. But listen to yourself. You're saying that it's a bad thing. Isn't this exciting? This is the adventure we're always talking about having. Like, we hit the jackpot! That's true, I guess. I guess I just imagined it would take place somewhere normal. Like the lake. Ah, fooey to the lake. This is way better than just going swimming. Exactly! Fooey to the lake. Well, I guess you're right. I'm just processing all this. There's nothing wrong with that. And I guess it would have been pretty cold at the lake. Right? You should know by now that I'm pretty much always right. I mean, doubting me is just a waste of time at this point. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far. But thanks. You're welcome. Hi. We're glad you're here. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Scribbler's Story. Just then, Saiga reemerged, followed by a little mouse, dressed in simple brown robes, much like Plum Tree had worn, and carrying a clipboard and feather quill. He looked to be a scribe in training. The abbess is keen to meet you all, but unfortunately the council is still detained by emergency meetings due to the fire this morning. I will be joining her but I will come find you as soon as she is available. In the meantime, Thomas will entertain you. The mouse's eyes went wide, and he squeaked a bit. Uh, I will? Of course. These are special human visitors, here to see the abbess. But I have chores to do. You do? Yep. You're in charge. I am? The young scribe's eyes got even wider as he looked at the three children, then back at Saga, then back at the children. Though his fur was a creamy white, Chloe could swear that he had gotten more pale. Chloe was worried he might faint dead at their feet. Is he all right? <laughs> oh, Thomas, relax. They're not going to cook you up in a pie. <laughs> oh, sorry, did someone say pie? Jasper, focus. Good luck. And it was a pleasure to meet you, my little cubs. See you soon. And with that, Saga trundled down the corridor and was gone. Uh, 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 hello! I'm Thomas! Forgive me for staring. I've never met any humans before. Hi, Thomas. You know, the funny thing is, we've never met any mice before. Well, as far as I can remember, anyways. I'm Chloe, and these are my pals, Jasper and Mitchell. Pleased to meet you. So, you live here in this gymnasium? Oh, do you mean the scriptorium? Yeah, exactly, the fliptorium. You live here? Yes, I do. But I, I think you mean scriptorium? So, are you a scribe, like Plumtree? No, I am an illuminator. Well, at least I will be someday. 
Right now, I'm just a secretary. All right, you're going to need to fill me in on that. What's an illuminator? Well, scribes copy text into a new piece of parchment, and an illuminator adds beautiful illustrations on the title pages and the margins to enhance the meaning of the story. Here at the scriptorium, scribes and illuminators work together to preserve the stories of Elohim. Hey, Plumtree mentioned Elohim. Is he your sponsor or something? <gasps> you don't know Elohim? No. Should we? Uh, forgive me. Of course you are not from our land, but it seems strange to not know the name of Elohim. Elohim is the one who created the world, who created everything and everyone. Elohim is the reason the scriptorium exists. Sounds great, but it's still not ringing any bells. Sorry, mister, but we never even heard of Elohim until today. What's he like? Hmm, hard to describe. Perhaps I can show you. Follow me. Sure, yeah, let's follow the talking mouse that we just met. That's totally normal. The young illuminator led the trio down the hall and around a corner to a large room. Wow, these are incredible. Yeah, some flippin' fancy wall carpets. That's right. This is the Hall of Tapestries. Quite beautiful, aren't they? I often come here to enjoy some peace and quiet. A collection of large, ornate tapestries hung on every wall. Each one depicted people and animals in different scenes, some of epic battles and animals wielding spears and shields, others showing quieter domestic scenes with calm colors. One showed a burning bush, a mother and her baby, another with a curious little man climbing a tree to look down over a crowd. But all of them had one thing in common. Mitchell, look. See in that corner? The glowing figure? Yeah. It's in every one. I think these are all connected, like one story. You're right. These are epic. Like some sort of legend. It's true. Every tapestry tells a different story. But they are all connected. As they made their way around the room, Chloe's eye was drawn to the central tapestry larger than the rest. The same glowing figure from the other tapestries was the main focus of this image. A large person, human, outlined in a radiant light and floating in front of a giant tree with roots that stretched out all across the bottom half of the scene, and green leafy branches stretching out in all directions on the top half. A huge wave was about to break on the left side of the tree, and a towering mountain stood in the background of the right side. This is my favorite one. It shows how Elohim has existed for eternity. But at some point, they longed for a companion. So they made the world and everything in it. This was beautiful and good, but still missing something. Finally, they took earth from the land and water from the ocean and mixed it to make a mud. Then Elohim took a deep breath from the sky and breathed a mighty word into the mouth of the mud people, and they came alive. The children were silent for a long moment. 
gazing up at the beautiful image on the magnificent tapestry. Something about the story had struck Chloe. She stared intently, and her awareness of everything around her faded, and the glowing figure seemed to come into sharp focus, seeming incredibly lifelike. She leaned in for a closer look. The figure was facing straight ahead, with eyes closed and arms outstretched. Though it seemed impossible, she thought she could see a slight movement as the chest rose and fell. What in the world? It's almost like it's breathing. As she reached out to touch the cloth only inches in front of her face, the eyes of the figure snapped open, looking right into her own eyes, and she heard her name loud and clear, as if someone had spoken from directly behind her. Chloe! Ah! Chloe started violently, quickly stepping back and stumbling over the step behind her. She almost knocked over the twins as she stumbled backward, but whirled around to catch herself just in time. Whoa, what happened? You scared me! What are you talking about? You said my name right into my ear, and it startled me. Um, I didn't say anything. Neither did I. Or Thomas, for that matter. Come on, seriously? Scout's honor. Chloe looked back at the tapestry, and it was exactly as it was before. Weird. I could have sworn I heard something. Just then, Saga appeared again behind them. Okay, Cubs. No more wasting time here. Thomas, you may return to the office. You three, come with me. The Forest Council's ready to receive you now. And they don't like to be kept waiting. Good luck! Uh, you're gonna need it. Well, that's it for this week. To all you scribblers at home, we want to say thanks for listening. And we can't wait to see you again soon for another episode of... The Scribbler Story. Please remember to subscribe and share widely with your friends. Till then!